Thanks so much for listening to the Park Hills Podcast. If you want more info on the things we're doing, go to theparkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app. So we're moving into the Advent season, and I think people don't necessarily know what it's about, and we don't really talk about it a ton here at Park Hills. And maybe you grew up in a different faith tradition, and you remember you know, all of the pomp and the circumstance. Maybe you wish that we wore robes. Maybe you like the candles a lot, and you wish we always did the candles. Or maybe you just love Christmas, and you wish we did more Christmassy things. So I want to talk a little bit about Advent, what it is, what it isn't. And then I just want to spend some time talking about some of the traditions behind it. And then I want to leave us with why does Park Hills do what they do? And so that's kind of what you can expect in this episode. If you hate Christmas, everything dealing with Christmas, this may not be an episode for you to listen to. Uh, but if you are even remotely curious in this idea, you might uh, you might want to dive in with me and, and talk a little bit. So first of all, what is Advent? Well, the word Adventus is a Latin word, which is the Latin translation of a Greek word, and the Greek word is parousia. And parousia means arrival or coming. Uh, typically, it's used, parousia is what we talk about a lot in theological circles, about the second coming of Christ. And so there's a day coming when the parousia is, is going to be here, and Christ will reveal himself or unveil himself or arrive or he will come. So when he arrives and he is here, that will be the official version of Advent that we're all waiting for. But in the meantime, the definition of Advent really is just coming or arrival, uh, you know, revealing someone who's, who's here. And so what pra- the practice of Advent is, is really it's the four Sundays before Christmas. And those four Sundays are pointing us to think not only about Christ's first arrival on earth in the flesh, but also his return as the you know the son of man conqueror who's about to take over the rest of the of the universe and and take his rightful place on the throne. So we live in this space between his first arrival and his second arrival and so advent is partly looking back at what has been and looking forward to what is coming. You might ask, okay, so then why do we do four Sundays? Well, we do four Sundays just because tradition began to set it up that way. Uh, here in the states, it uh, it makes it really nice because it's usually attached between the the holidays of Thanksgiving and then Christmas. If you're not from the states, you have no idea what I'm talking about with Thanksgiving. But if you think about it from the the evangelical tradition in the American church, you know you have Thanksgiving and then typically Advent starts shortly or right after that, and then it leads you to Christmas. So it kind of gives you a nice frame there to to do what you want to do. But we celebrate on December 25th, even though most you know, most scholars believe Christ was not born on December 25th. If that crushes your spirits, I'm sorry, but it doesn't really change much. Um, there's a couple of reasons why we celebrate on December 25th. One is there were ancient traditions that, uh, you know, the, the, the celebration of the sun coming back. December 21st, if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, is the shortest day of the year. And it wouldn't take long for you to do some math and realize every year that's the shortest day of the year. And then, you know, the sun starts to come back and the day starts to get longer. So you celebrate that. Now, some of the traditions that have said, you know, that holiday led to Christmas are wrong because some of those holidays actually happened after Christmas started. But like I said, there are some ancient traditions that talk about, you know, the sun 
coming back. And maybe Christians looked at it and said, oh, what a great, what a great idea, uh, you know, to celebrate the sun coming back. And we are celebrating the sun's arrival and the sun's return. And in that case, it's not S-U-N, but S-O-N. So it's a clever play on words if you speak English and a clever, you know, way of practicing this holiday. So maybe that's part of where it came from. The other part of where it might have come from is, you know, the date that Christ was crucified is, you know, often uh, seen as either late March or early April, depending on what year it occurred. And one of the things that that ancient tradition held to was that prophets often died on the day that they were conceived. So if Christ was conceived in late March or early April, then you go forward nine months and you end up right around the Christmas season. So some have suggested that maybe we started practicing December 25th for that reason, and that's very possible. Either one of those are possible. But the fact is it really doesn't matter when he was born. We celebrate on the 25th of December. It's a it's a good time of year for us to celebrate. It's right before the new year. And it doesn't really matter when Jesus was actually born for us to celebrate him. When we want to celebrate him, we're going to do so when we want. And so December 25th is the date. So if you can think about it, the Advent season is four Sundays beforehand. And this is a lot different than like, say, Lent, if you grew up in Roman Catholic tradition. Uh, you know, Lent is the 40 days before Easter and you give things up and you sacrifice. Advent is supposed to be a joyful time. It's supposed to be a time that you look forward to, you know, the birth of Christ and you do so by taking time out of your busy liturgical or church calendar to just celebrate his goodness and then leading you up to the date of his birth. So let's go back to what Advent is. So that's, you know, that's a basic definition of Advent. It's a basic definition of why we do it the four Sundays before Christmas and also why Christmas lands on that day. You know, I kind of just brushed over those things really quickly. But... Uh, Advent is really more of a Western church uh, tradition. And when, when I mean Western, I'm not talking about ne- necessarily Western civilization, although that that is part of where the word comes from. Uh, really, the word Western civilization is the, the Roman Empire broke down and it had two parts, it had an Eastern Empire and a Western Empire. And the Western Empire was Rome and then you know the rest of Europe. And the Eastern Empire became, you know, uh, the Byzantine Empire, which then eventually became the Ottoman Empire, and so on and so forth. Uh, but the idea of Western civilization is is from that. And so, when I'm talking about Western Church, that 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 is what I'm, you know, that's the region I'm referring to is is Western Europe, and then most Western Europe or you, you know Europeans who left the their countries to to head even further west and end up in in the new the new world that, that was supposedly discovered uh, gave them a place to set up shop and so most of the faith traditions we hold to in America are actually from our brothers and sisters in Europe and our ancestors in Europe who came over here so when I say Western tradition that's typically the the Roman Catholic Church would be part of the Western Church and then uh, the Western Church would also be made up of you know reformed traditions and that that could be uh, you know, the Methodists were later reformers, but the Lutherans would be the first kind of the first reformers that we think about, you know, any of the ref- the reformed Calvinist perspectives. So there's kind of two branches of the Western church that each deal with Advent differently. So the Roman Catholic church uh, deals with Advent in their way, and they've got a specific style that I'm going to get to in just a second. And then the reformed traditions have maybe a slightly different way, but even that is so different uh, from each other 
And then there's another bunch, a whole different bunch of ideas out there as to how to, to do it. So let's just start with the Roman Catholic Church. How does the Roman Catholic Church do Advent? Well, first, on the first Sunday, they typically look at the second coming of Christ. The second Sunday, they typically look at John the Baptist preparing the way. The third Sunday, they typically focus on joy. And the fourth Sunday, they typically focus on Mary, Joseph, and and you know celebrating the what their faithfulness led to the birth of Christ. And then they will end Advent by doing a Christmas Eve service or a or a midnight mass leading into uh, you know Christmas morning. So that's the Roman Catholic tradition. That's, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, the Reformed traditions. Here's a couple of different branches of Reformed traditions: the Anglican Church, the Lutheran Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Methodist traditions. And what they typically do a lot of times is the last Sunday before Advent, they'll do a, a feast of Christ the King. And then they start with talking about the, the patriarchs on the first Sunday of, of Advent. The second Sunday, they will focus on readings that deal with prophecies and Bethlehem, uh, the idea of being the way, the truth, and life, or possibly you know the prophets themselves. Um, so that's interesting. So the first Sunday would be patriarchs. Second Sunday would be prophets. The third Sunday would be joy. And again, that would be focused on John the Baptist and and the shepherds and the people who are joyful in the story of Jesus and his birth. And then finally, the fourth Sunday, they typically focus on the Magnificat or the Song of Mary, which is found early on in Luke. Uh, and so you can already see that the two practices are a little bit different from each other. And then, um, you know, some practices even add in a, a f- the, the first Sunday after the Advent becomes when they light the Christ candle. Uh, and a lot of times that's lit for us. We've done that during the Christmas Eve service here. And a lot of times you'll notice that we take the Christ candle, we light it, it before the service starts, and then we use it to light the candles that we light for our ending of our service, which is typically done with with Silent Night. So just to point out, that's that's those are some interesting elements of the tradition. Those are the two big traditions that we kind of come out of the free church. Uh, and so we're a part of what's called the free church tradition, and we are a specific branch of the free church tradition called the evangelical free church, which doesn't mean that the church doesn't cost anything, although, you know, you never have to pay to come here. But the free church idea is is really that that we are free from government oversight and we're frankly autonomous, meaning we as a church decide what we're going to do, how we want to do it. We don't have people telling us what to do or how to do it. Uh, we don't have a bishop or some type of, you know, a group of pastors to get together that tell each other how to do things. We we sort of run ourselves. Each each free church runs itself, and then we combine efforts to do missions and other things like that. So we're not alone, but we're definitely not being told by other people how to do things. So we come out of the free church tradition, which then leads us in the spot of, okay, then what do we do? And frankly, here's the answer. We do whatever we want to do. And so Park Hills has made the decision for years to just look at the Advent and say, what are we being led to do this year? How will that look? What do we want it to be? And uh, we'll, we'll dive into one of you know the various themes or topics uh, that we, we want to dive into. Some years we don't practice Advent at all. Uh, if we've done the Bible in a year that we've done in the past, you know, we just read through the Bible in a year. We don't really stop and think about Advent. We, we do a Christmas message. We'll do a Christmas Eve service. But we're not spending a ton of time thinking through, well, what do we want to do differently? Um, we just want to read through the Bible and we do, want to do our thing. So on the years that we do practice Advent, what do we do? Well, let me start by just saying, perhaps you think of Advent, you think of the, the Advent calendar. A lot of us have one of these at home. You know, it's 24 
slots that you open up. Typically, there's a treat of some kind or something else there. And so most of us might think Advent starts on December 1st. And that would be a fair assumption some years. But this year, uh, the Advent technically starts on December 3rd. So if you think about December 3rd, 10th, 17th, and 24th, those are the four Sundays of Advent. And then you might be asking yourself, well, Chris, but you just preached the first Advent service and sermon on November 26th. So why did we start a week early? And that goes back to what I just said about being a free church. We don't really have to follow any rules. And on top of that, I I wanted Christmas Eve and we wanted Christmas Eve to be special. And so we wanted to do the four Sundays of Advent leading up to Christmas Eve. And then we wanted Christmas Eve to be its own service. And then we wanted our Christmas Eve services in the afternoon and evening to be special on their own and kind of be a tie-up from our Advent series. So we decided to start a week earlier than some other faith traditions are going to do. And like I said, we're the free church, so we can sort of do whatever we want. Uh, And I don't mean that in a cocky or arrogant or pushy sort of way or flippant sort of way. I'm just saying we are allowed to look at the preaching calendar and decide what we want to do. And I think our, our staff team and our, uh, you know, the worship calendar that we, we observe said, well, Thanksgiving is that week. And so let's just start the week right after Thanksgiving. Let's start the Sunday right after Thanksgiving is over and let's dive right in. Let's spend four Sundays thinking about Advent, thinking about where we're going, what we're doing, what we're expecting. Let's think about Christ's first arrival. Let's think about Christ's second coming. Uh, some faith traditions actually spend time tying it into the Eucharist that, uh, the elements of communion, the the bread and the, the cup from our communion service, actually is a different type of arrival of Christ. Uh, we don't believe that. We don't believe that Christ is showing up when we take part in, in communion. But some faith traditions do that. So they celebrate the arrival of Christ, the arrival of Christ as a baby, the arrival of Christ as the Eucharist, and the arrival of Christ in the second coming. We are going to, as far as we know right now, going to celebrate his arrival the first time and his second coming, which is coming. Uh, And then we actually are going to practice communion one time during the series of Advent, if all goes well. Uh, But we have very specific purposes behind it. We're not jumping into some faith tradition and trying to do it their way. And so if you grew up in an Advent calendar type of house and you opened up the little pockets, you might be surprised, like I said, that that it starts outside of December 1st, and um, it just sort of, Advent every year, just think about it, it starts the fourth Sunday before Christmas begins. Perhaps also you grew up in a faith tradition and you you remember the Advent candles and you're maybe wondering, what's that all about? You know, there's, there's, there's three purple ones and one pink one, and we always go two purples, then a pink, then a purple. And you might be going, hey, Chris, why are we going to do the candles this year? Well, I'm just letting you know, again, Park Hills doesn't necessarily follow the Advent tradition. So we aren't always going to practice Advent the way that other faith traditions do. So sometimes we'll use the candles. Uh, most years we won't. And that's based on our sermon team. It's based on you know just decisions that we make. And we stop and we think, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? And, and we pray about it and we let the Lord lead us and guide us. And then we jump in and we make a decision. And this year we're not doing the Advent candles, but it doesn't mean we don't like them. And it also doesn't mean that we're losing anything. It just just means we're not using them. And again, the reason for that is because we are a free church and we sort of determine what we want to do and and we just go with it. Uh, There are years that we'll we'll use the candles and we think that will assist us in our worship. Uh, But this year we're focusing on four elements of uh, the spirit of Christmas and what God is doing through Christ 
And so we're asking questions, what are your eyes focused on? So do you see? What do you hear? So do you hear? Uh, what are you feeling? What do you think about? And so that's do you feel and do you know? So our four Sundays of Advent this year are going to be do you see, do you hear, do you feel, and then do you know? And that's going to be leading us up to Christmas Eve, which is do you believe? And my hope is that you'll invite friends and neighbors and family members to any and all of these services and give people a chance to stop and consider evangelistically what they believe of the good news of Jesus and whether they're putting their trust in him and whether they're walking with him. In our mindset about Advent in general and about the Christmas season in general is we want to do something that honors the Lord and we want to do something that celebrates his birth and celebrates his second coming. And so just about every service, you're going to hear some element of of both of those things, his first arrival and his second coming and what we're waiting for, what we're expecting. So kind of as a last thought process here, I just want to give you some of the other possibilities of how Advent can be played out. And we have used these in the past. And so I'm just kind of giving you an idea that if you're paying attention and you listen to this podcast, there's a good chance that in the future, as we hit an Advent you know, period of time, these four Sundays before Christmas, you might go, ooh, I think I see what they're doing here uh, based on the candles that I know about or or the the pattern that I know of. And so here's a few other patterns. Like I said, I already told you about the Roman Catholic pattern. I already told you about, you know, some of the, the reformed patterns. Uh, but here's some of the other ones that are out there. Some of them use the four Sundays in this way. They start off with what's called the prophet's candle, which emphasizes hope. Then they move to the Bethlehem candle, which emphasizes faith. And we're thinking about their, uh, you know, Mary and Joseph's faith and their their faithfulness and God's faithfulness to us. Then they move to the shepherd's candle, which symbolizes joy. And then they move to the angel's candle, which symbolizes peace. So that's one way of doing it. You could name each of the candles and, and go that direction. Another way to do it, and we've done this in the past, would be that you just spend the four weeks thinking about these four themes, hope, love, joy, and peace. Or you could go this way, hope, peace, love, or sorry, hope, peace, joy, and love. So if you hear those two back to back, hope, love, joy, and peace, and then hope, peace, joy, and love, you'll notice that love and peace are flipped back and forth. We've done it both ways here at Park Hills over the last 10 years. Uh, other way to do it would be you start with faithfulness, then you go to hope, then you go to joy, then you go to love. Another way to look at it would be similar to what I started with, uh, with the candles, but here's the four candles. You could name them the prophet candle, the angel candle, the shepherd candle, and the magi candle. And if you just think about those four Sundays, you can see the progression of what we're moving through. The prophets are telling us what's coming. The angels proclaim that it's here. The shepherds see it and rejoice. And then the magi respond and worship and obey, and they come forward because of it. And then finally, the last one that I know of is faith, which is you know not only our faithfulness, but God's faithfulness that he's going to return. The idea of preparation or prepare, that we would prepare our hearts and expect him to come. And then joy, which is always one of the things that you talk about when you're dealing with, with the Christmas season, because joy to the world, joy, 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 such a great peace and a great emotion that comes along with, with uh, preparing our hearts for who, who Christ is and what he's done for us. And then, you know, that candle would end with love. So that would be faith, prepare, joy, and love. So just so you know, we have looked at all of these different traditions over the years, and we have adopted... Uh, them in different years. And we've decided, hey, we're going to go with it this way this year. And uh, like I said, we pray about it. We let the Lord lead us. And we let the Lord guide us. And as the good Lord guides us, then we say, okay, I think this is where we're going to head. 
And so for the next four years already, we have the Advent plan laid out, and we're going to mix and match some of these things together as we go. But this year, as I mentioned, we are going to focus on uh, really a couple of Christmas songs, use words like, do you hear, do you see? And then uh, do you know, I think is a great question. Then do you feel? And uh, finally, do you believe? So let me go through those four in a row, and then you can decide if you've got a friend that maybe you'd want to bring to different services. So you know, the, this podcast came out on Sunday. We we celebrated the idea of do you see, and we focused on sight, and we so focused on what we're looking at and what what God is trying to tell us with that. Then next week we're going to look at do you hear, and we're going to consider what is it that we listen to, what are the voices that we hear, how do we uh, obey, and how do we respond in in uh, in what we hear, what we, with what we hear. And then we're going to move to do you feel. We're going to talk a little bit about touch, but then mostly about emotions. And then finally, we're going to talk about, do you know? And we're going to talk about the ways in which we know that Christ is who he is. And we're going to focus there on the sacrificial system and uh, the senses of smelling and the senses of taste. And then, as I said, Christmas Eve is going to be, do you believe? And our challenge to everyone is going to be, do you believe? Do you trust that Christ is who he says he is? And how are you responding? Hope to see you there. 